Hi, this is Alonzo, and I want to welcome you to episode 170 of my podcast, Who's Paying Attention? Yes, I am still at sea. (laughs) It is my fourth week of cruise gigs. This week is the 80s cruise, and it is a a hell of a party. Um, The 80s cruise is always the biggest party cruise that this company does, and and it'll be fun. And and it's all kind of 80s artists are out here, uh, Cheap Trick, Belinda Carlisle, Debbie Gibson, Morris Day, The Romantics, um, and on and on, Tiffany, yeah, it's going to be a party, so anyway, I'm out here, my last week at sea, and my last podcast being recorded at sea, uh, so where do we start, you know, over and over, I say that <laughs> I don't want it to be the Trump news, the the horrible government news, whatever. But but what the hell else could it be? So this past week, we have uh, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents are now rounding up illegal aliens. And uh, who? Well, OK, let's be honest. Let, let's be honest. They're rounding up Latinos. They're they're not rounding up illegal aliens. There's no interest in um, the the claim. And this this is the bullshit part, and this is the punk-ass part. Whatever this administration does something, they deny what they're actually doing. Like, if you're going to do it, own it, okay? The Muslim ban, first thing they come out and say, it's not a ban. And then when the courts shut it down, they start referring to it as a ban. So now they're saying that this this roundup of Latinos, that they're only going after the criminal element and blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're only going after the criminal element of of uh, immigrants, how can you ignore the Russian mob in Brooklyn? Uh, I mean, it's no secret that it exists. Or how come there were no Irish people out of Boston that were arrested? And I'm not saying that they're all criminals. I'm just saying that, that when you go to cities like Los Angeles and Phoenix and Austin, Texas, you're going to predominant cities with large Latino populations and you're going after Latinos. When you go to these southern cities, Atlanta, Charlotte, whatever, you're going after Latinos in these cities. So so own what you're doing. Don't don't be a punk and say you're not doing it. It's exactly what you're doing. And there was someone on Facebook interestingly said, you know, they've said I'm a Democrat, I'm progressive and I don't understand the illegal immigrant thing. Why is it okay for these immigrants to come to the U.S., et cetera, et cetera? They said they lived in Holland, and when they lived in Holland, they had to get permission from the government to stay and work. I get all of that. But here, here's the thing about, Ill, quote, illegal immigrants and these people who hate them, okay? These people want to get rid of them and blah, blah, blah. First of all, it's the most hypocritical bullshit, all right, because this this anti-immigration thing comes predominantly from white Europeans whose grandparents or great-grandparents or whatever came over to the U.S. probably in the early 1900s. That was when the big immigration wave came. That's when the, the Irish and the Italians and so forth. Now, the, of course, they'll say that, you know, we our great-great-grandparents came over here with a full-time job, and they spoke English, and they built a community, and yeah, bullshit, 
bullshit, okay? They came in through Ellis Island. There were no computers back then. There were no background checks. There were no vetting. Italians were called WAPs. Do you know what WAP means, W-O-P? It means without papers. That means there were so many Italians that came without any papers, they actually came up with a slur. I mean, that means there were more than five of them, okay? We romanticized the mafia. These were criminals. This was an international criminal organization that entered the United States and did business here. So, a hundred years later, don't jump all over the Latinos like you're without sin. That's one big problem I have with it. The other big problem I have with it, and the other hypocrisy is... How much benefit every American gets from illegal labor? And this is directly related to the Latinos. Do you know how much a head of lettuce would cost if the guy picking it was an American union worker? Do you know how much chicken would cost if if the big chicken um, places down in the south, that if they had to hire American union workers to pluck and slaughter the chickens? And you name it. Clean hotel rooms, manufacture cheap goods, and, and on and on. Uh, office buildings and uh, maintenance staffs. All oh, so. Every one of us, everyone in the United States, benefits from illegal aliens' labor. Every so many large corporations at Las Vegas. What would happen to Las Vegas if there were no illegal aliens? Hotel rooms wouldn't get clean. Food wouldn't get cooked, etc., etc., etc. So stop pretending that there's some kind of super crime wave of Mexicans here in the United States. The greatest thing they could do, the greatest thing they could do, is stop working. Stop working for a week. Uh, I know it'd be tough. I know they they personally would have economic problems. They don't have the money to do that because they're living, you know, day by day financially with getting paid and so on. But but stop treating them like there's some big underclass of criminals that are hurting you. Fuck off. Fuck off. They're not hurting you. They're helping you. If you live in the United States, and I'm I'm included in this too, we all benefit from their existence and their labor. And you know what they're doing? They're doing the same thing that every immigrant group outside of blacks, black people were slaves. It's a whole different history. But this is what every other immigrant group has done in the United States. Get in here any way they can. Start working at the menial level. Generally, they didn't speak the language. Their kids learned the language. Their kids learned the culture. They brought it home. They taught the parents. They took care of the parents. They did the paperwork, etc., etc. This is how you assimilate in the United States. This is a nation of immigrants, and these are just the latest ones. So fuck off and stop picking on them. It's the saddest, weakest move in the world. I fucking hate bullies. Bullshit. Leave these people alone, or better yet, get rid of all of them. Yeah, get rid of all of them, and then go buy a chicken at $9 a pound, or a head of lettuce for $14, and then say, hey, wait, what happened? We're Americans. We're good Americans. You bullshit. Okay, um, in the same topic, we, we have the... Ivanka Trump clothes at Nordstrom. Nordstrom says, no, we don't want those clothes. Trump tweets, I'm not even interested in that. Who the hell cares? Kellyanne Conway says, buy Trump. Yeah, you know, all the Trump shit, it's made in China. Look at the label. It's made in China. The, the, the level of hypocrisy these people have reached 
is truly, I would say beyond belief, but it's not. It's, it's absolutely believable, but it is staggering. Um, this, this story just blows my mind because it happened in New York. Now it happened in France where the police anally raped a, a man with a baton. What, what is that? What have we, what are we, what are we as people? How does that happen? I, I don't understand. I can't even imagine like what the police are thinking. How much do you hate someone to do that? Now, the interesting thing is, and the difference between this and the case in New York is when it happened in France, they arrested the police that they arrested the police that did it the next, you know, right after the incident. They, they charged one of the cops with rape and they charged the other three involved with assault. That wouldn't happen in the United States, particularly wouldn't happen now because we have a new attorney general. Yes, Jeff Sessions has been approved by the, the Senate. Now, last week in my podcast, I talked about this, my theory that we have two Americas. Okay, we have two Americas. We have the urban America and we have the rural America. We, you know, you can break it down so many ways. You can break it down minority versus white. You can break it down urban versus rural, whatever. You can do the coasts versus the middle. It's two Americas. But I, but I have a new theory. I have a new theory and I'm going to share it with you in a minute. Okay. So here we have Jeff Sessions, new attorney general. Now me and many like me, people who live in the cities, minorities, etc. We see this guy as bad. We know that now there will be no restraint on police behavior. Stop and frisk is going to become the normal policy. Forget about that illegal search and seizure. The police are going to be able to stop you and search your car or whatever else because you just don't look right. They're already doing it to immigrants. You don't quite look American. We may have to check you for some paper. Now, we're looking for criminals, but as long as we're checking, aren't you proved to be using American? So that's already started. Um... Voter rights, it's going to go back to, to the 60s. It's going to, there'll be tests. Be like, you show up at the polls, you you black or brown, you memorize the Constitution. We want to hear every word of it. Who knows what's going to happen? He doesn't protect any of that. You probably know about Elizabeth Warren trying to, to read Coretta Scott King's letter into the Senate and the Senate censuring her, telling her she can't talk anymore about the Sessions appointment. Blah blah blah. So that so that's one view of sessions. Now the other view of sessions is law and order. This is law and order. He's the man. He's going to come down hard on these very same groups. He's going to come down hard on minorities. He's going to come down hard on the and and believe me, these are all dog whistle words. The gangs and the drug deal. When they talk about that, you know they're talking about or trying to talk about black people or a black gang in Chicago. They ain't talking about a bunch of white meth dealers in Iowa. Okay. So anyway, but but that's the other side of it, right? There's always two sides. So they have law and order. And the beautiful thing, the funniest thing about Jeff Sessions is they play that victim card. Like when he's people say he's a racist, they make it he's not a racist, he's a victim. He's a victim. You call him a racist. Well, he's only called a racist because <laughs> he's a racist. Now, next one, Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos or DeVos, however it's pronounced. I wouldn't know how it's pronounced, but, you know, I went to public school. Um, she is now in charge of education. She never taught in a school. 
doesn't know anybody. Her kids didn't go to public school. I'm pretty sure she doesn't know anybody who went to private school. And if your kids go to public school and you can't afford private school or you can't almost afford private school, you are in trouble because she believes in vouchers and they believe in shutting down underperforming schools. You know what an underperforming school is? School in a poor neighborhood because it doesn't have the tax base to, to, to provide this great education. So here again, we have the two sides. So that's the way I see it. That's the way a lot of liberals see it. That's the way people who believe that education is important and public education is something that the government should support. That's what we believe. Now, on the other side, if you're rich enough for your kids to go to private school or you live in one of these places with a high tax base and you have great public schools, she's, she's great. She's great because she's going to give you vouchers to help pay for private school and she's going to shut down schools and, and that will create more of a permanent underclass. Because let's face it, if you get rid of all the illegal alien labor, you're going to need someone to do the work. So you might have, well have an uneducated underclass. Right. See how it all comes together. But anyway, these are the two sides of the coin. I say she's bad for public schools. Many believe like me she's bad for public schools. Others say public schools are bad and therefore shouldn't exist and their kids should go to private school because they have enough money. Now, here's another one. EPA. They're, they're actually bills introduced to Congress to completely eliminate the EPA. Now, I'll tell you right now, I'm no fan of the EPA. I'm a car and motorcycle guy. You know, we've dealt with their regulations, and, and you can't modify cars in certain ways that we like to. Can't modify bikes in certain ways that we like to. So, you know, I'm no super fan of the EPA, but I think it should exist. And and you know something? I'm okay with a quieter motorcycle. It's all right. Yeah, I'd like it louder and faster, but believe me, the technology we have today, when we have 180 and 200 horsepower motorcycles from the factory, when we have 500 horsepower cars are common right out of the factory, I'm okay with that. And they're passing EPA regulations. You do away with the EPA, you're going to have the companies dumping who knows what into the water supply, burying it underground, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that's my view. The other view, EPA is bad for business. Businesses having to comply with EPA regulations kills jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the interesting thing about the people who say this, you talk about NIMBYs, you talk about not in my backyard. The CEO of Shell Oil was part of a lawsuit to prevent fracking near his house. Yeah, he ain't. you ain't fracking in his backyard, but I'll frack in your backyard. I'll frack the shit out of it, and I don't care if it's a national park. There's fracking to be done. So these are, these are more of my ideas of the two sides of, of it. Okay, um, lead. Lead's going to be big business. Lead's going to kill you. Either the lead of a bullet from a cop or lead in the water. I think the lead lobby pretty happy right now. All right. So here's my theory. It might be an experiment. It might all be a show. Maybe this isn't real, that we are living in a reality show that aliens are watching. Think about it. Think about how the pendulum swings, right? So we had like Bill Clinton, who was, was 
great president and balanced the budget, but he had that little sex scandal. He's immoral, sex-having some bitch, right? So the, the pendulum swung to George Bush. Pretty much incompetent, pretty bad president. Could have been the worst president ever until now, but, you know, he started wars, blah, blah, blah. But he had that morality thing. They liked him because he loved Jesus and he hated the gays. Two very important things, right? But but he ruined the economy. So so the pendulum swung back the other way. And you had Barack Obama. And Barack Obama, you know, came up with banking regulations. Didn't go far enough with that. Didn't put the bankers in jail. But there were banking regulations, saved the housing market, saved the American car industry, and so on and so forth. But some bitch was black. That's where he messed up. Some bitch was black, and he knew he should have been white. Then he'd have been a great president, but some bitch was black. So the pendulum swings the other way. And now we have Donald Trump, who is incredible in some what he's doing with these executive orders. People are just flabbergasted. But think about if you were sitting in your living room watching this on TV. It would be pretty entertaining. And you'd be like, what are those Americans going to do next? And some bitches elected Donald Trump. Man, this is the greatest show I ever saw. So maybe that's it. Maybe we are just living in a reality show, entertaining some other galaxy. It's as good a theory as any. It's what I got. I'm going with it. We're on the show. And you know what? We ain't getting paid. We probably don't even get residuals. We don't get nothing. That part sucks. Um, Super Bowl, <laughs> I was wrong. Um, I wouldn't say I was wrong. I don't know that I predicted Atlanta to win, but I damn sure wanted them to. Historic choking. Historic choking. Atlanta did not know there was a second half to the game. The beauty of Atlanta losing like that, no matter how bad you do at anything, now we can all say, well, at least I'm not the Falcons. You know, I don't care what you screwed up. You screwed up today at work, okay? You didn't do your TPS reports. You get those reports done. You say, well, boss, I screwed up. But, hey, at least I'm not the Falcons. You were, you were ahead in a race. You're running. You're an Olympian. And you're running, and you, you think you won, the, you, and you stumble and fall. Well, at least you're not the Falcons. Doesn't matter. Anything you do when you screw up, just feel better knowing you are not the Atlanta Falcons. Thank you, Atlanta. Congrats to New England Patriots. Congrats to Tom Brady, et cetera, et cetera. But we thank Atlanta for making us all feel better about ourselves. And finally, and, and I'm going to close on a very sad note, and, and I literally just found this out. It just happened today. Al Jarreau died today. Um, if you don't know who Al Jarreau was, he was... Uh, the greatest jazz singer of our generation, a career that spanned, um, I guess, 40, almost 50 years from the 70s up until now. Uh, numerous Grammys, but but just an incredible voice, an incredible spirit. Had Had some pop hits in the 80s, but he was primarily a jazz singer. He could scat, which means just create music without even words just using his voice literally as an instrument he could be a drum set he could be a guitar it was amazing to listen to Al Jarreau I was lucky enough to have met him a couple of times um he was a beautiful man he was nice he was funny he actually had a song called Alonzo which he asked me if I'd heard and I was like of course I have um 
the world is less for him being gone. I, I will absolutely say that it, it's an, he was truly an artist. It wasn't like you know last year losing you know Prince and David Bowie, people who were so tremendously famous. <clears throat> Al Jarreau is famous in the jazz world, loved in the jazz world. Not as famous as those guys, but easily as important in any creative measure. Um, I'm sorry to see him go. I'm so glad that we still have his music. So this podcast is definitely dedicated to the memory of Al Jarreau. And um, he had a song called Look to the Rainbow. And and it was Follow the Fellow Who Follows the Dream. And that would be the spirit that I, that I say right now. I, I hope Al Jarreau is following the fellow who followed the dream. So going to miss that man and his music. It was beautiful. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, just we're we're in the reality show. We are in the reality show. Some other galaxy is really enjoying everything we're going right now, going through right now. Um, my dream protest would be a bunch of illegal aliens marching wearing Ivanka Trump clothes. That would confuse them. They wouldn't be sure what to do. Thanks again for listening. I will be home next week, and at the end of this month, the 24th and 25th of February, I'll be at Bananas in Hasbrook Heights. I love that club. And the first weekend of March, for the first time, I'm going to Vermont. I'm going to the Vermont Comedy Club in in Burlington, so I get to see those Bernie people who are still not happy. Thank you for listening. This is Alonzo saying who's paying attention and knowing you are. I appreciate it.